0: I'm Lois Volta, and with me is Stephanie Heck. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Lois. How are you? I'm good. Oh, the sun is out. I walked over here. It was really nice. Was yeah. Nice day.
1: For those of you who are listening to us globally, it's not true that it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Especially not in February. No, it's been so like foggy and cloudy. and
0: But. It was really nice that it was
1: sunny. Yeah, really nice. Really, yeah. I respond a lot to the sun. Like, sometimes I won't even notice that, like, I'll notice that there hasn't been sun, but I won't really notice the correlation between the lack of sun and my cranky mood. And then yeah. at some point, it'll hit me. I'll be like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah it's been raining for like three weeks straight.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it feels a little warmer today. I don't know if it, it is really- warmer. It no, is warm. it's in the
1: mid 40s. It's nice. It's nice. So, how was your day? My day was fine, kind of like an ordinary sort of Monday, but mm-hmm. you know, everything's better when the sun is out. So, yeah. and it's a little bit warmer, so I didn't need to wear my double extra long coat. Yeah. So, that's kind of liberating. Yeah. <laughs> well, supposedly spring's going to come early. So, I really hope that that is true, mm, says the groundhog. Tell me a little bit about what
0: you were thinking about for today because you had this idea and I was. It's like, this sounds good. Let's roll with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking about this and I really want this show to just be a conversation Mm -hmm. because I truly don't know what I think about this and I feel, or I maybe another way to think of it is that I feel that my view on this might be sexist (laughs) (laughs) Okay, (laughs) and I kind of want to check myself because I'm like, I don't know, it sort of feels that way. So here's here's where my thinking came from. So I'll just paint the scene. Mm-hmm. So this weekend I was hanging out a bunch with my son who's about to turn 17. Shout out to my awesome son who's about to turn 17 cuz I just absolutely adore him and I think he's amazing. Yeah. But we were we spent a lot of time together this weekend. It seemed sort of like there was like it was like there was not a lot of socializing happening for some reason this weekend with the high schoolers. So even though he can get himself around, he chose to hang out with me but remained kind of silent Mm -hmm. and after like you know on the second day of this it started to drive me a little bit crazy are you guys like in the same room the whole time same car same room at dinner just not a lot to say now I say this in the context of knowing that this is not uncommon for teenagers teenagers don't necessarily want to talk to mom Maybe especially so for teenage boys. I've never had a teenage daughter and I hear from other people who work with teenage boys or who know teenage boys that in some ways that's sort of just how it is. Mm -hmm. But it starts to make me a little bit nuts. So I ask him about it, right? A couple times. So the first time we're in the car and I'm just like, what is going on? You know, I'm like, I'm here. I'm talking to you. You're not really responding to me. Like, what is it? And But you're talking. It's not like just
0: quiet, quiet, quiet in the car. Well, it could
1: be a little bit. I'm talking and then quiet, quiet, quiet in the car. And then I'm waiting to see if he brings up anything and nothing's really happening. Right? Mm -hmm. And I get it. Mother, son could be something. but But it was his reaction that made me think. So I'm saying, like, what is going on? Like, we're not talking at all. And he's like, well, I just have nothing to say. And I was like, really? You really have nothing to say in that? brilliant genius mind of yours there's absolutely nothing going on mm-hmm. that you could share okay so again caveat teen boy i'm the mom maybe doesn't want to talk to mom so he kind of gets a pass but my brain jumps to like 10 years in the future and him in a car with another woman who's talking to him and blah blah blah, blah, blah and he doesn't respond and she asks why and he says well, I have nothing to say.
0: Yeah, well, this is, seems like a very common thing you hear people talk about in relationships.
1: I mean, I, I've i heard this from men before, and I think we've even talked about it on this show before. But to hear my son say it, who I raised to not mm-hmm. do that, I started to get kind of like, is it just in like the male DNA. I'm like, is there something here that is like, no matter how much I have socialized him to try to be more open and to try to value his inner thoughts and feelings and to not feel that he has to shut that down. And there's certainly no boys don't cry. I mean, they hear boys don't flush a lot, but they never hear Mm -hmm. boys don't cry. So it it just it got me worried a little bit that this was just a thing or that no matter how I raised my son, you know, there's the rest of society out there. And they're let it, they're teaching him that it'd be okay to just be quiet now, so here's where I'm saying I want mm-hmm. it to be a discussion because it is kind of okay to just be quiet, yeah, and it is okay to have times where you have nothing to say, but it feels like when you're in relation to someone else and they're trying to engage with you, and you're not it leads so I said this to him if few I'm like, you know, but that leaves the other person hanging. And so with him, by the second day of this, when we brought it up, maybe we had a third conversation about it. And probably, I know, you know, I'm like, maybe something is going on with him. I I just said to him, like, as your mom, I'm thinking about your future and other future women in your life, no matter what your relationship is to them. It doesn't feel good if they're trying to connect and relate and you don't respond. Even though, you know, there's a part of him that knows that that's kind of rude to not say Mm -hmm. anything. Can we swing to the opposite of
0: that first? The opposite being somebody is talking so much that you just want them to stop talking. Right. And that they're talking so much that there's no room for you. So you still don't feel heard anyway. So, you know, you have somebody who's like kind of zoning out and not talking at all. And then someone that's talking so
1: much so... (laughs) I wanna do? push you around. <laughs> with I will. <laughs> 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 right, like I'm playing my guitar at you. I'm talking right. at you. <laughs> right. Well, it, I I don't hear it as much. I like I don't mm. hear men or boys talking yeah. about having a partner in their life that is unresponsive. The way that I hear girls and women talk about it, and I hear lots of conversations. It's like I can't. I mean, I I hear you know. Certainly about like women who don't respond appropriately or, you know, it's not like women are perfect, right? I'm not saying that even remotely because there's Mm -hmm. all kinds of problems on and, you know, no matter what your gender is, however you identify. But I hear it more like I I mean, I don't know that I hear men really saying like every time I talk to her, she just says she has nothing to say or I like bring up this thing I want to talk about and they say, well, I don't know what to say. Okay,
0: yeah, so this just made me think of this. Okay, so one of my daughters started dating, like where boys are like asking her out, and she's 16, and she went out on a date, and she came home. She was so, so, so excited to go on this date. She had like a crush on this boy for a really long time, and then she got home, and she was like, it was kind of boring, because he didn't have anything to say. And she felt like she was the person doing all the work to have the conversation. And she's like, part of that's okay. Like, I'm okay with talking. But she's also kind of a quiet person anyway. So it felt like an extra hurdle for her to relate to this person. Like she had to carry the whole load of The whole thing. The whole thing. And it made it like, I don't actually like this guy anymore.
1: Right. Like it's too big of it's too big of a lift, too heavy of a lift to have to carry the whole conversation for two people. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're a little more introverted on your own, like naturally. And I do think that
0: with teenagers, they are just figuring it out. I mean, I'm sure that this guy is there's lots of reasons that she was crushing on him. Lots of reasons that he's great. But then in, you know, more intimate communications, They're learning how to talk to each other. I
1: mean, and there's shyness. Sure. Right. And so, and you can imagine it's like from his perspective on a date that he's finally like out with the pretty girl and he's like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't Mm want to say the wrong thing. So he says nothing. Right. And then later goes home and is like kicking himself like, God, come on, you could have talked. I feel like that's sort of in every teen romance movie. We sort of see that trope and I'm sure that it's true. Yeah. Right. But even in adulthood though. I hear it. Like, I appreciate that example because it sounds true. And I imagine that there are women who are adults who are dating who could say the same thing. Totally. Have the same story. Totally. Oh, here's another example. So
0: she was saying that there was, she she did this thing where she thought of, oh, well, maybe we just need a conversation starter. So she played... Uh, 20 questions, but just ask whatever 20 questions you want. It could be dumb. It could be, what's your favorite color? But like, you ask me 20 questions, I'll ask you 20 questions. And it could be fun and it could be silly. And she said she had a good time. Like she said, it was fun. It was like a fun conversation. But then later, she was kind of hoping that the conversations would keep going, that he'd still be curious about her and ask her things about her. And get to know her, really, just to get to know her. Mm -hmm. And his response was, that game was fun. And it's good. He's giving her positive feedback. Right. That the game was fun, that he enjoyed it, which is good. But she kind of took that as, well, you don't need to stop. Right. We don't need to stop. We can keep asking each other questions. Right. But she kind of felt like the way that he phrased it or however it it went just kind of put up a, a little bit of a wall and she's like, oh, like it's over now. It's over now.
1: Right. And she's like, it doesn't have to be over. We can still yeah. we can use that to start a conversation. Right. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking about, you know, in some ways I feel for the kid because probably he was nervous or didn't like literally didn't maybe know what to say because dating is a whole new skill, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I also think about that. You know, from the adult perspective, when men don't know what to say, that it leaves women kind of holding the bag in this way to carry a lot. You know, we've talked about hermeneutic labor, you know, the labor of interpretation of everything. Right. And women are really good at that. We're certainly socialized into it Mm -hmm. at a really high level. And men aren't don't have that same sort of expectation on them, at least in the ways that we raise them here in this country. So it does leave you kind of bearing the load. I mean, I really appreciate it when someone knows how to carry a conversation, you know, or when someone, when you're in relationship with someone doing whatever, like recently this weekend, you know, I was out um, with a man who was like asking me questions like, so tell me what you thought about blah, 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 or what was your favorite memory of X, Y, Z, you know? Give me some times that you liked whatever, and it really was nice to sort of like be engaged with,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And I didn't have, I didn't come up with the topic. I got to answer the question. It turned in- into a fun conversation, kind of similar to what your daughter was trying to do, right? Yeah. It was like a similar thing, but I was on the receiving end of it, and it was awesome. Like it made it so fun. Yeah, there's no lull.
0: Yeah, it's like what made you you.
1: Yeah. Or like, yeah, exactly. Or what makes the relationship a good relationship? What do you like about this?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Like it's, to me, that's sort of like the opposite of like, I don't know what to say. Or I have nothing to say.
0: When we were talking about how the show could even go, one of the things that I thought of was how so many women in particular feel misunderstood. And when you feel misunderstood... And the person that you're trying to get to like understand your feelings when they're not engaging, when they don't want to talk about it, when they go, well, I don't know what to say. Those are your feelings. Ah, you know, it almost it like squashes the, the connectedness and the closeness that one person wants to have that the other person isn't giving them. For instance, you driving around with your son and wanting to have a conversation, wanting to have closeness people can decide not to talk to people. It's their right to not want to have a conversation. That's okay, you know? But I think it is important to understand that it does have a cost.
1: Yeah, you know, you're making me think of, I know I always do this on this show, like think of a theorist. (laughs) (laughs) But you're making me think of a contemporary relational psychoanalyst who writes about this kind of thing. In a particular way. And she uses tons of psychobabbly jargon that makes it really hard to understand. But the quick summary is, this is a woman, Jessica Benjamin. She's like, you know, currently in New York City, so she's contemporary. Um, She writes about what she calls, in relationship, the moral third. Mm -hmm. And the moral third, so it's like you and I are talking and there's me and there's you. There's two of us. But then she talks about the third... As sort of like the entity, the space between, like the entity that we create together. What she's calling a morality of the third really is sort of like the rules of engagement. I talk, then you talk, the volley that goes back and forth. It's sort of like a, you know, like what you would have in a typical conversation. So she writes, she writes about this and then she talks about the phenomenon of like what happens when someone violates the moral third. I'm talking to you. There should be a back and forth volley, but you don't respond to me. But if somebody doesn't respond, it's a violation? A violation of, that's where I'm saying the language is tricky and it's like a lot of psycho babbly, whatever. Like it's not a violation in the way that you think of a violation of another person. Like somebody did anything wrong. They broke the rule. Okay. The rule of engagement, which is that I talk, then you talk, and there's a banter back and forth that we have a rhythm together. Mm -hmm. Right? It's sort of like if someone comes in, Like we're having a rhythm and then suddenly the other person quits. Like we're making music together and you quit playing your tambourine. Like we're in the middle of a song and you just quit playing. Mm -hmm. So she's saying that that's quote unquote for her. That would be like a violation of the space between, right? It's like we're no longer making music together
0: in the way we had been. This is what I hear you saying. It's like we had an understanding and now we don't have an understanding.
1: right? Or it can be that we globally as communicators have a general understanding about how conversations work. Mm -hmm. And when I'm playing by the generally acceptable rules of that and you're not, Mm -hmm. it's sort of like it like messes with the relational space right now I'm lost. I don't really even know you so-called, you know, in her words, you violated the moral threat. And it's like, again, it's like a very strange way of describing it, but I think that's what she's talking about. And so when I, like when I'm in that situation where the other person sort of quits or drops the ball or is unresponsive, like it feels jarring to me. Like, and it, like, it, it's like actually makes me feel upset. Yeah. Right. And you're even talking about it when someone, like when women are trying to communicate something because they have a wish to be understood and the other person is somewhat unresponsive or isn't, or says, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Or right? kind of even acts like they don't care.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have yeah. anything to say. Mm-hmm. Like, we well, you don't have anything to say. I just spilled my guts to you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me feel like they don't care what me- I said. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess one theory we could come up with about that, if we're talking about it as we are in a gendered language, would be that, like we've talked about before, if men are socialized away from feelings... And then women bring them feelings, it may be true that they don't know what to say Mm -hmm. because they may not relate to the feeling or they may have access to the feeling but not want to feel it or they may have been told to be quiet about the feeling. Right. So it may be that in some genuine sense, which kind of seems sad to me, maybe they really actually don't know.
0: Yeah, I have, a I have a friend who's a guy who I know within his marriage, it's almost like things will get brought up and it's just a lot to hold and he's already holding so much and he knows if he opens that door, it'll be really painful and I'll have to look at it and he's just not ready to do exactly. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but she needs him to open the door. Right. You got to open it. How long are we going to wait till, you, till we open the door? It's got to get opened.
1: I know. I know. I heard a woman talking about that last week, just talking about sort of like within her marriage, you know, she's sort of saying like, so this goes on like forever that like I just won't get the relatedness that I want and need like forever, right? It'd be like the equivalent of like, you know, being in a marriage where your partner wants to be celibate and you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. So what do you do in those circumstances? Like you sort of have a basic need that the other person isn't able to meet or doesn't feel like meeting or they're not in that space. And yet you're committed to this relationship. Right. It, it is a conundrum. Right. Like what, yeah. how do you navigate that? Yeah. Like something's got to give somewhere. Like there has to be some kind of finding of a middle ground. Where the person, you know, maybe one person accepts a little less and the other person stretches into an uncomfortable space a little more. Mm. And eventually you create a new, a new way of being together. Right.
0: There's one friendship in particular that I'm thinking about that at first I thought it was like a little awkward. Like, ooh, should I, like I felt that. Should I be feel, filling the space? But I didn't. Just waited. And I realized that was the pace of the conversation and it was really nice because I was always surprised at where it went or what the next thing that the person was gonna say instead of waiting for me. Like he, that person wasn't waiting for me to fill the space. That person was thinking about what was just said and then brought something. In that type of, it just was different than more my chatty 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 conversation you know, friendships.
1: Yeah, you bring up a good point that it's sort of like we don't all operate at the same pace. And so it's sort of like for me, I mean, ironically, because in my job, I can wait forever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You know, I can wait for the person to like come to their next thought and make a lot of room for that so that I don't drive the conversation. Unless there's something that sort of needs to be said, you can wait for the next thing to emerge. And like you said it'll often surprise you, you know, and there are some people who need a whole lot more space to have that. But it's like in my personal relationships, I sort of like want the volley and it can be uncomfortable for me Mm -hmm. to just sit and wait, you know, or I might wait, but it feels like the waiting isn't getting anywhere. And then it just feels like we're in silence. Right. Which then makes me feel invisible, which is a thing that I think a lot of women talk about too is like, when I'm not responded to, I feel like I'm not even here. You mm-hmm. know, like we already kind of struggle with that kind of globally women invisibility. visibility, but I appreciate what you're saying too, because I think people do have different paces, right? It's like you, you might operate with a really fast processing speed and you might be in conversation with someone who has a slower processing speed. So they take longer to really take in what you're saying and mull it around and decide what they want to say. Or maybe it's not even a processing speed issue. Maybe they're careful.
0: That is what I think it was. And I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. I really, really appreciate that. And it actually made me slow myself down to be careful as well. I really liked that.
1: Right. If someone is sort of taking the time to really think through what they want to say and how mm-hmm. they want to say it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's very considerate and thoughtful. It's sort of the opposite. Like it's, it's actually that you're very visible.
0: Right. That's that's kind of makes me think of why one of the reasons I love Quaker meeting so much, the, the, I don't know if listeners, you've ever been to a Quaker meeting, but basically it's a bunch of people sit in a room There's no pastor or person in charge who's doing anything or telling you what to do or say or preaching at you. You're just sitting in a room with a bunch of people. And if you feel like something is welling up in you that you want to say and you feel like you can't not say it, you just stand up and you say it to the room. And then the rule kind of is you sit down, you give a nice, you know, a nice amount of time for everybody just to kind of listen and let it sit and sink in and then if you feel like you want to say something or somebody else does then they stand up and do the same but that moment in between the waiting sometimes it's a minute sometimes it's 40 minutes there's something about that like waiting in silent active listening Huh. It's really really nice
1: yeah it's a great it's like a great practice because one you get to be in relation with yourself in the silences right it's like you're in touch with you mm-hmm. but at the same time you're in connected to a room of others so yeah. it is sort of like a both and when someone speaks your attention shifts to what they're saying yeah and then maybe you think about it or maybe you return to your own thought but it's very internal
0: yeah It makes me wonder, though, in this car situation, because I've been I've been in the car with my children plenty or just like one on one with one of my kids and they're not in the mood to talk. And I feel like what I do is I just either no, it's not there's not one thing that I do. But if I'm feeling like they don't want to talk to me, I'll just carry on business as if I was by myself putting on whatever music I want or podcast or jumping on the phone or like. I don't know. It's like if they don't want to talk, they're just not in the mood to talk. It is hard if I want to talk and connect and I'm trying to express something to them and there's not a response. Then I feel like that's different. That's more relational.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that. I have a hard time personally if I'm with somebody who isn't in the mood to talk. I feel like, and maybe, I feel like this is maybe an occupational hazard that I am so used to resonating with the space of the other Mm -hmm. that it can be hard for me to hold on to what I would normally do. You know what I mean? When I'm alone, I have no problem being alone. That's, in fact, easier for me. Like, I'd rather be alone than in a space where someone's not communicating, right? Like, that's easier because it's hard for me for it to be as if I'm alone when I'm not. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do.
0: And I think for me, sometimes I really appreciate and like those moments Because I can still feel like I can do the alone thing, but I'm not alone.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You know, it's the like the opposite of it. It's like I don't feel alone, although I'm I'm doing exactly what like I don't need to actually care or like caretake or tend or keep the conversation going or do any of the work. It's just we're just together. Yeah in tandem but doing our own thing right
1: and so that's sort of like for me that's like a growth area or something like that's a thing that I would like to get better at doing which in some ways you know it does give the other person like in this case my son more space to just like be in his own head and say what he wants to when it comes to mind or like in Quaker meeting when he's actually moved to say it or there's something he wants to communicate and I can wait for it which still all feels different from those other times when you're really trying to relate Mhm. And like and those moments that can feel like frustrating or you can sort of feel abandoned. Like yeah. in the conversation like you're just it's sort of like this feeling of you're isolated. There's someone else there but they're not mm-hmm. willing to react to you.
0: I just don't think it's, it's and a lot of times I feel like it's not really about in personally it's not about me. It's like one of my daughters or somebody just doesn't feel like talking. It's probably not about me and wanting to relate to me. Yeah. It's probably they're just tired and don't feel like talking. Right. Now, in some of the situations we talked about earlier about feeling misunderstood and wanting to have a conversation, and the other person is going, Well, I don't know what to say. That turns into it does feel more personal, it does feel more relational. And that's
1: where it feels like you don't feel cared about. Right. Right, And maybe especially if what you're trying to do is address something that's going on within the relationship. Yeah, which makes you have to, like, it
0: might be difficult. It might be difficult. But I don't know. There's part of me, too, that just would like to reserve those conversations for when they need to be reserved. If so, I mean, sometimes I know. I know I do this because I can be chatty, 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 talk, 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 and tell stories. And, like, I can see that my kids don't care. <laughs> I know I just like want them to get to know me or, you know, it's like it's very self indulgent for me to even be like, you know, so like, I feel like I like to be aware too of like, I don't want to burn anybody else's ears. If you don't feel like talking like it's okay, we don't need to talk.
1: Right, right. You know, this is such an interesting conversation because it just feels like there's so much potential room for error. Like, you know, we can give each other that the same time as there is a space to give someone else what they need when they need it in a generous way. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I'm talkative and my son isn't, then I can give him the space in a generous way. But also sometimes he can give me some words. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, like moms, you know, we worry, you know, so if he's really quiet, I'm like, did someone say something? Mm-hmm. Is there somebody, mm-hmm. you know, like, did something happen? Are you, yeah. you know, especially if it's sort of quieter than normal. Yeah. But also at the same time, right now, you know, our kids are on their phones so much that having, there's a lot of silence. Like I can usually tell when the people in my house are on a phone because it's quiet in a different way. It's yeah. like, dead quiet it's so quiet yeah that it's like everybody like he must be in the middle of like some intense text conversation yeah yeah definitely it even sounds quieter than sleeping that's what i mean yeah it's really quiet mm. and i don't think that if you're the one texting you don't realize how quiet it is or you're on your phone in some capacity yeah yeah Because there's a lot of active things happening in your mind. Right. Right. You're really actually engaged. Although it's through this mediated through this device. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Sometimes I think that people also don't really talk or say things because they might feel insecure. Right. Like you're we were talking about earlier with your daughter's date, even like within a partnership, like they just don't want to say the wrong thing. Like even today. I had a thing today where I felt like I wanted to bring something up, but I was just nervous and I didn't want to do it. And I decided not to go that direction. Like avoidance. Yeah. 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 And, and then just kept it light,
1: you know? And then I was like, Oh,
0: you didn't, you didn't do it.
1: (laughs) Well, there's all, yeah, there's always that too. Or like your sense of generally knowing the patterns in a relationship And so there can be a strategic thing, like, well, I know that if I bring this up now, it probably isn't going to go as well as if I bring it up later. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or someone might act like they want me to respond, but if I gave them an honest response, they wouldn't like it. Yeah. So I'm going to manage the moment by saying, I don't know what to say, or trying to buy some time. Although I would rather someone say to me, let me give that some thought. 100%. That feels a lot better than I don't know
0: what to say. Let me give it some thought, but I do want to have this conversation. Maybe
1: we could have it in a few days. Right. Because it communicates like that matters and I'm going to think about it. And I heard you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That feels good. Right. And it actually makes the waiting feel a little bit better. It doesn't feel so crazy
1: making in your brain, you know, like, well, Yeah, I really feel like, at least for me, and, you know, I think I'm especially sensitive to this for whatever reason, and it is a thing that drives me crazy about our society now, our social media and phone society. Um, I don't like the feeling of being too alone when there are people there. Right? It's, I mean, it's different from, like, you know, if I'm in the kitchen cooking and you come in and you help me and we're cooking together, it doesn't have to be, like, chatty, 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 chatty. But there's a feeling... That feels very lonely to me when there's another person present and they aren't or won't engage with me. It's like lonely in a like hurtful kind of way. I mean, listen, therapists are by nature kind of depressive. Mm -hmm. So I also carry that and I know it. So it could be that I go into a more kind of depressive stance, but nobody wants me kind of, you know, self-indulgent kind of what was me kind of thing. Yeah. But I also do think that this is sort of like this, the world we live in in some ways is that we're kind of zombified a little bit. Yeah. So we're not relating in the way that I think we sort of need, like neurobiologically. Mm-hmm. Like we're wired for connection. Yeah, And so when there's a sense of like someone is remaining disconnected, it can feel bad.
0: Yeah. There's so many... The thing is that there's so many different ways to connect that aren't always verbal. Right. Yeah, even the idea of of cooking together in a kitchen. I can see what you mean. I can see how it's like depending on the mood or what's going on can feel like just like a little tense or like why aren't we talking? Is there something what's going on? Depending on the mood though, it could feel like a dance. It could feel like just movement. It could feel like, oh, this is one thing. Oh, when I when I played with my old band, oh my goodness. I really, really loved it because I felt like there were times that we were just all, like I felt like I was hanging out with my friends and we were all communicating, but we weren't talking. But I felt like I could express myself. Yeah. And I felt like they could express themselves. And we were just all doing something together.
1: Yeah. It's resonance. It's really nice. Yeah. Like you're resonating, you're in the same space. Mm -hmm. And so there's a feeling of like, we are in it together. We are all present here. Yeah. Which again, I like what you're saying. It doesn't have to be verbal. Right. Right. I think that there's something unsettling to me when the other person really doesn't feel present. Like if you're present and the other person is not present, and you know we can kind of feel but that.
0: present in relationship to what though, like in present in relationship to you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because someone could feel present in themselves, be oblivious to other people, which is its own thing. But it might not be personal.
1: Right. But it has an impact.
0: Sure does. Yeah. I mean, yep. Whether yeah, you yeah, yeah, mean yeah. it
1: or not. Definitely. Right. It's sort of like if we're all in a shared space. You can be in your own space, in a shared space with others. I think it's a cool thing to acknowledge that.
0: Absolutely. You know,
1: something that it's like if the other person is sort of trying to engage and you're not feeling it, you can let them know. Like, uh, I've got a lot on my mind right now. Could it be quiet for a minute? You know, no offense, it's not about you. Or something which feels very different to me from silence. Yeah. Have, have you ever gotten,
0: <laughs> I feel like I've gotten this a lot, like, where I'm like, boop a doop a you know, and me being like that is so annoying <laughs> to them. <laughs> it's like, oh, mom, I don't feel like it right now, you know, or just like, ah, like, stop singing. Oh, we get a lot of that. Like, if one person's in a good mood
1: and wants to, like, put music on and somebody's in a bad mood, it's like,
0: can't you just turn the music off? Oh, my God.
1: But <laughs> I love it that people in your car can say that. Because to me then, Again, they're there. They're in, re- like, even if what they're saying is be quiet, it still is, like, a response to, yeah, like, but what's the, happening. but
0: what if, like, three people in the car want to, like, sing and groove and one person doesn't want to? Well,
1: then that person has to kind of just sulk off in the corner because they're in the minority. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, you can't have one person's bad mood drive the whole yeah, thing. Right. And ideally, ideally, the singing would eventually help them get out of right. a bad mood. Right, right. Right, or if it doesn't, then it just doesn't. Or if there's really a crisis going on inside of them, then yeah. maybe everybody would yeah. want to hear it. But. <laughs>
0: it's like, I can't stand my family right now.
1: But but then again, that's <laughs> what I'm, I mean with family and all of that, for sure. Yeah. Especially like with teenagers in your car. Like I sort of appreciate it, like at the times where my kids have been openly annoyed at me when I'm when we're in the car. I actually don't mind that. Because yeah. again, it feels like
0: at least I'm, there. I'm here. I'm there. I'm <laughs> here. <laughs> and moms are supposed to get on your nerves a little bit. Yeah,
1: it's like, and then I can kind of play around with being annoying. Yeah, you know, and then eventually laugh and like give them what they want, yeah. and be quiet, or. But it's better to me than it's as if I'm not there. Right. Right. Yeah,
0: or just like being used to be chauffeur, <laughs> <laughs> or like personal chef. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or whatever, whatever that looks. Oh, like. you can
1: eat my dinner, but you can't say good morning. Yeah, the exactly. Next, you, know, you can exactly. come on.
0: Come yeah, on. I'm a person, too. I actually say that to my kids a lot. I go, I'm a person, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what have I done to make it that you would be like that to me? I'm only here to like love you and support you. And I cook for <laughs> you and you're under my roof and I want you to do well. I'm your biggest fan. What have I done to deserve that
1: <laughs> mom guilt trip guilt trip much mom yeah. I, I heard oh that this God. weekend got
0: that. yeah my youngest <laughs> likes to do that <laughs> to me like why are you guilt tripping me I'm not I'm just letting you know how I feel I'm a person too oh, but I have,
1: well if you're feeling guilty in response honey maybe you need to look at that <laughs> what are you doing cause you know you wouldn't feel guilty uh, if stop there was. gaslighting me <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Ah, modern parenthood. Parenthood in the age of TikTok. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. The guilt
0: trip. I do really, I do love teenagers, though. I do. I like being a parent to teenagers right now.
1: I do, too. And that's why I get so upset when mine doesn't talk to me. Because I like, I love knowing what's on the teenage mind. Yeah. Like, what is going on? What are your friends doing? What are your friends talking about? Nothing. Nothing. No, it's the same. Same as last week. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no, nothing. Come on! Yeah. <laughs> sometimes,
0: sometimes I'm just like, all I say, I did this the other night with like one of the kids' friends. I just sat down next to them and I was like, tell me all about it. And just waited. And then the friend was like, so my friend is here from blah, 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 And I
1: was like, yeah, all right.
0: Tell me all about it. I want to know every single thing. Don't leave any details
1: out. I'm here and I'm listening. Yeah, someone said to me last night when I was sort of talking about this dynamic and kind of complaining a little, he was just like, maybe you're not asking the right questions. Or maybe you're not asking them in the right way. And then he sort of modeled for me other ways of asking instead of being like. Oh, give an example. So instead of being like, um well, so what's going on? Or how was your day? Say something more specific like, so did the teacher do that same weird thing in class today? Yeah. Or something that, again, it's sort of like in the 20 questions realm yeah. like, that your daughter invented or like brought into like an awkward situation that if you ask something that's more specific, yes, you get a little more traction. right? And I really appreciated that feedback because I'm there like, yeah, you know, you're right. It's like, People like to say to me, like, well, you know, I mean, you're a psychologist. I'm like, I'm not a child psychologist. And also, like, this is my, like, I it's not like I've raised teenagers before. So please give me the info. I I do need help with this. Yeah. You know? And so, like, one of my friends who's a child psychologist kind of, like, coached me through having boys whose voices were changing because they get really quiet. And it can go on for, like, over a year where they, like, really don't say much of anything. Wow. Yeah. And that was really torturous Well, maybe
0: that's a big part of it. Well, no, but we're past that now.
1: I know, but that's
0: something that's part of the development process. Absolutely.
1: And so that, you know, my friend was able to sort of really, you know tell me how it works and why it's like that. And how many friends with sons, like she's seen go through this and she knows it's frustrating. But so that was like helpful to have an understanding. Yeah. But so now that's over and the capacity for talking is back, you know, but so I really did appreciate this idea that if you, at least for me, like I'm certainly willing as the mom to do the work of making it so that my, you know, kids feel comfortable talking to me. Right. So, you know, he's sort of like, frame it this way frame it that way you know and another piece of advice that I got from him was to he's like oh boys talk more when they're busy like when they're active like go out and do something like he's like you know when I wanted to talk to my sons I would go play basketball with them and sure enough while you're out there doing another thing all the stuff comes out yeah and so I was like oh okay yeah that's and, a good point point. and I don't know if that's true of all teenagers or if that is like because I only have sons I can't speak to you know, and like, of course, we can't really speak generally anyway, because everyone is kind of different, you yeah. know, in terms of like, I don't know if teenage girls would talk playing basketball more than if they would, you know,
0: like Yeah.
1: maybe, maybe not.
0: Yeah, but doing things together regardless is, it's a way of communing with each other. Like right. I had this, I had this wild epic adventure with one of my daughters the other day. We were coming back from New York and we, like she forgot an outfit to go to a homecoming and we were like, it was like a mad dash. We were running into all, like, it felt like this epic scavenger hunt with a clock was ticking and... It's like a game show. Yeah, and we were like running through it. it. There was like a point we were like literally running in a mall together, like laughing, blah. Ah, ah, ah. You know, it was just really, really fun in a situation that could seemingly be stressful. And as soon as we had everything and we pulled it off, somehow we pulled it off, we were able just to like turn up the music and sing together and have fun. But this the act of like doing something. I do. I get that. And then the rest of the week, I felt like it's not like we were like having deep talk things, but like the rest of the week, I just felt closer to her. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. It was really fun. It's like finding those moments of connection are so critical. Yeah. You know, I mean, and so I think that sometimes it's sort of like, again, you know, I often will go toward blaming the phones, but it's sort of like when people get into this sort of zombie state, nobody wants to leave the house and you're kind of just stuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, come on, you know, my neighbor and I, like we have sons the same age and, You know, he'll be like, how many times did your son leave the house this week? I'm like, you know, very few. You know, he's like, they won't go outside. You know, for us, like in our generation, like staying inside, a friend of mine will say like, he's like, man, at my, when I was that age, staying inside was like punishment. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you had to stay. You wanted to go outside. And if you weren't allowed to go outside, it was terrible. Yeah. And now it's almost like punishment to get them outside.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I
1: don't want to go outside what is that because we've just gone into the digital world? I think it's the digital world that there's a, you know, it's really changed the ways that we communicate, how much we communicate. What, you know, there's like this whole life happening through a screen. Yeah. And so you don't want to leave the screen because that's where the life is happening. Right. It's like the screen is the equivalent of going outside or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I don't like it. I don't know. I worry. I mean, as an aside, this has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) But I worry, like, when, you know, our generation won't be here forever, and soon there will be no one that remembers life before. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? My son was born the same year as the iPhone. Yeah. And so, he's grown up with it somewhere. Yeah. Either his parent was on it, or, you know, like, it's just been in the culture. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember having to go outside and I played with my neighbor. It was just being outside and you make up games. You wanted to be outside. The fun
1: was out there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fun in the house. Yeah. It was like annoying when it was rainy. Yeah. And you're stuck inside. Mm -hmm. That's when I would rearrange my bedroom. Yep. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I was a big bedroom rearranger. Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess when we're thinking about like kind of thinking about all the way back to the beginning of the show when we don't have anything to say I guess where we kind of came from is it's just different for everybody it's it's personality thing in a lot of ways
1: it can be a personality thing but I think it also can really feel like a cop-out and it can feel like and you know in the in the realm of where it's problematic yeah right it's sort of like it can, it's sort of like, it's as if you're not paying attention or it's a cop out or it's the easy thing to say, or it feels disengaging or it can shut down a conversation. Well, I don't know what to say. I don't have anything to say. So then it leaves the other person not knowing then how to respond. You know, it's like, well, do I yeah. keep talking? Do I just get quiet? Like what? Yeah. I mean, I personally am all about in the relational space. Ideally, you can have a conversation about how you have conversations. Right. So those times when I'm talking to you and you say that you have nothing to say, what's that like? (laughs) No, like literally like what's happening? Is it are you feeling sad? Are you feeling annoyed at me? Are you feeling like you really were just in your own space and you didn't want to be bothered? Like what's happening for you? Or do
0: you have nothing to say about what?
1: Right. Or be more specific. Right. Or I was being boring. You know, I'm just like randomly like telling you some memory I had and it doesn't touch you in any way because you weren't there you know is it so like literally there's not you feel like you would need to have something to contribute and you don't yeah i mean i i it's like almost in the space still of curiosity like you can wonder like what's and i i genuinely do want to know you know like with my son i'm like when you're saying you have nothing to say like what's going on like you really feel empty inside you you feel blank yeah yeah you're thinking about something else. Yeah, Like walk me through this. And so that way, you know, the next time maybe if you say, I don't have anything to say, I might know what that means. And so then I don't feel dropped.
0: Everybody zones out. Everybody does that. And it's okay to be like, oh my goodness, I just zoned out. I wasn't listening. Right. Just be honest. Just be honest. That was not personal. I'm sure what you said was delightful. And I, then sometimes I'm like, if I'm talking, 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 and I see Somebody's eyes glazing over most times, and I don't know if this is good or bad, I don't know, but like I realize I'm just talking, talking, talking away, and I'm like not really paying attention to if the person is actually listening to me or not. Right. Which in that way, I put it more on myself than even the other person. Right.
1: Because then you're like, oh, I lost them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's or, like a little, a little mirror for you. Yeah,
0: or it's, like the, or it's like what we talked about before, where it's like then there's some people who are just talking, 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 that they don't even like, they're just talking to talk, that you don't get heard, right? I know that sometimes I'm that person. I know that sometimes I'm like sitting in the silence or feeling like, you know, we all can in some way relate a little bit to the many facets.
1: Exactly. Like we, So, we, so it's, we, it's
0: important to have like a little bit more compassion, particularly if someone's like, do you hear me?
1: Right. I also think that it's like in, in a relationship, you consistently find yourself in the same spot, like a, a useful thing to think about, like what's going on there. Right. I'm somebody who like everybody's always glazing over when yeah. I start talking. Like, so maybe you can wonder <laughs> a little bit yeah. like what's going on there yeah. that people are all, like, especially if it's consistent. Versus like, wow, I find it that like, I'm always on the receiving end of being talked at. Yeah. Right. So what's going on there that you continue to be in that spot? What is it? Are you tolerating people for too long? Maybe you could be a little more assertive, especially if you're in that spot and you don't like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, or it can, you know, if the relationship can bear it, which hopefully it can, it could be talked about. Right. You know, hey, make a little room for me or something. Yeah. Not in a way that would be challenging, or put the other person on the defensive. But also, some people really, you know, they they stay in the same spot in relation to others. Like th- on This is a slightly separate note, and it's certainly, like, it's more for someone who, I don't know, like, there are some people who I think tolerate too much. You know, my advisor, my supervisor used to say, for certain people, she would say to them, a shark won't attack if it doesn't smell blood. Mm-hmm. And in other words, like, you're going to have, you might have to change your position a little, like don't be so wounded. Like get, as you get stronger, you stand in a different relationship to someone who's doing the same thing. I feel that.
0: I, I feel like that was a, I feel that I know that.
1: Right. And I mean, which isn't to say that if someone is mistreating you, that it's your fault, Mm -hmm. but that there sometimes are ways that you can position yourself differently that actually changes the dynamic of the relationship, either so that you can leave it or that you can interact differently and it brings out another right component.
0: Right. Definitely.
1: So there are ways that it's like we can reflect on what's happening if we keep finding ourselves in the same spot. Totally.
0: And if, you, if I find that I'm the person that doesn't know what to say after somebody said a lot and I don't really know how to respond or even in this more gendered arena that we're talking about where women feel like, I just totally let you see all my guts here and you have nothing to say. If you feel like you don't have anything to say, just repeat back what you think you just heard. You know? (laughs) I hear you saying this. And just see what happens because that kind of takes it off of you having to be The problem solver, or trying to soothe, or try to make Mm -hmm. something right, but kind of stepping into I just want to let you know that I was listening. This is what I hear you're saying. I just want to understand it correctly.
1: Right. Or if you're not really in this space to hear it right then, you can say, Can we talk about it later? Because there are certainly many ways to like invite um, more, right? It's like if you don't know what to say, but maybe you're interested. You can always say the last word the person said, but with a question mark. Oh, they were nice? <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oh, you were on that bridge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that, that really, yeah. uh, you know, the question mark will invite a little bit more, unless you're really feeling burned out, in which case I think you also can say like, can we talk about this later? Or like, ah, I'm listening to you, but I don't really know how to engage with that yeah Uh, okay you're right i was probably chatting for way too long it's probably a really boring story after all yeah but it just doesn't leave the other person hanging yeah like read the room read the room a little bit because you're not the only person in it i guess that's how i feel you know i feel Mm -hmm. very i feel very protective of the relational space yeah i get that you know like and it, it it, and it's maybe just also a pet peeve of mine, and not everybody probably has the same pet peeve. There are other people who probably wouldn't notice this or be bothered by it at all. but I'm very like sensitive to the violations of the moral third. to go back to Jessica right. Benjamin. like I, I when that happens, I feel it a lot. Yeah, you know, which probably can be annoying and it's probably annoying to my kid like ah, mom. Yeah, but stop trying to talk
0: to me. But all that too is him learning how to like navigate things. You're right. Like, what's going to happen ten years down the road? And you know, him him knowing that he has an
1: impact. Yeah, it's all well. Thanks for having this conversation with me. (laughs) Really, kind of, I feel like I sorted this out a little bit because really, it's (laughs) been you know because I'm like it feels so frustrating. And I feel like it feels so gendered, but it isn't always frustrating and it isn't always gendered and it, yeah. it can be really like much more complex than...
0: I feel like this one is more of like a personality thing, although there are tendencies that it could feel gendered. Yeah. So I would shy away from the absolute part of it yeah. that men are like that or women.
1: I yeah, but I'm with you. That felt good. Hmm. I, I think maybe maybe where I can get gendered with it is just also that I... I think probably typically women will say something even if they have nothing to say. Like they don't necessarily always feel entitled to just say nothing, right? We're sort of socialized to be responsive and to make the other person comfortable.
0: It depends though because sometimes there's power dynamics. Like I've hung out with some women, and I can tell they are waiting for me to say something. They're waiting for me to take the lead. In that way, it almost feels like more pressure. Well,
1: that's different when it's a woman-woman scenario than a man-woman scenario. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right, it's almost like between men and women. Yeah, yeah. Probably women would feel less comfortable saying, I have nothing to say than men would feel i'm guessing yeah like that just feels and it is a whole other dynamic when it's two women together yeah or maybe even two men together i don't know yeah anyway (laughs) nice talk yeah nice talk (laughs) so we'll be back we'll be back hopefully next week yeah with more thoughts this is the everyday feminist we've been coming to you on gtownradio.com or maybe on 92.9 FM, WGGTLP Philadelphia, depending on when you're tuning in and how. And we'll be back. We're here on Mondays at 4, replayed on Sundays at 5. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye, Germantown.